The Path of Sri Ramana by Sri Sadhu Om Introduction Read by Jani and Robert Butler From The Path of Sri Ramana 2023 edition Available at www.amazon.com A new and updated translation of Sri Sadhu Om's classic contains more than 60 pages of never-before-translated materials. The Goal and the Path The Goal Bhagavan Ramana has shown that the goal of all humanity is only to obtain perfect happiness. Paripurna Sukham No one does not desire happiness. Are not all living beings, jivas, seeking only happiness through their efforts? Therefore, no one will not desire the goal shown by Bhagavan. For this very reason, the teachings of Sri Ramana do not belong to any religion, but instead shine as a common and open path that gives refuge to all living beings. That is why people of every country and every religion in the world accept the teachings of Sri Ramana and follow them with great love. What is happiness? People do not know the correct answer to this question, so they put forth their efforts in many different directions to obtain happiness. Happiness is truly nothing but oneself, Atman, or one's true nature. The very nature of oneself is happiness. In truth, we are indeed Atman. Hence, our nature is happiness itself. However, since people do not know that they are truly Atman and think of themselves as the body, they suffer unnecessarily as if they had lost happiness. Knowing our real nature, which we have forgotten, is sufficient to regain our seemingly lost happiness. Some people ask, Is it not selfishness if we try to obtain happiness for ourselves? This question arises even in the minds of good people because they do not know the correct meaning of the word oneself. The word oneself, Swayam, means only Atman. It is only because we do not know ourselves to be the unlimited and undivided Atman, and because we view ourselves through the limited outlook, this body alone is I, that we understand the word selfishness to denote a base quality. But in the experience of an Atman Yani, one who knows I am truly Atman, who shines equally in all living beings, does not the word selfishness or self-interest, Swayanalam, literally self-benefit, denote the interest or benefit of all living beings? 
only when self-knowledge, jnana, dawns will the truth be known that one self alone is the reality of all living beings. Moreover, only when we thus know ourselves to be Atman can we do real good to all the living beings in all the worlds. We cannot experience true love towards all beings in the world merely by vocally preaching, Love thy neighbour as thyself. Only when we experience through self-knowledge that all beings are I, the first person singular, will we attain the otherless love, Ananaya Priam, towards all beings. Such self-attainment, Atmosiddhi, alone is the main root that enables peace, love and happiness to thrive in the world. Therefore, self-investigation, the medicine which destroys the evil of ego, is the immediate and principal need of the world. Only the true Atmatnyani can do real good to the world. The mere existence of a Nyani, one who knows Atman, the real nature of himself or herself, is sufficient to ensure the welfare of the whole world. Thus, is it not clear that if the world is to obtain happiness, the correct goal of all people should only be to know their real nature? Only through self-knowledge can people attain true and perfect happiness. It is wrong to ignore this fact and try to achieve happiness by enjoying worldly objects through the five senses, because happiness does not come from those objects. Even when one experiences some iotas of pleasure from such objects, it is only because the mind is dipping in itself, having momentarily lulled its activities, brittis. When anything liked is obtained, and when destruction, damage, elimination or removal occurs to anything disliked, the mind facing inwards and drowning in oneself, Atman, experiences only the bliss of oneself, Atmasukha. Because people do not know this truth, they wrongly think they obtain happiness from worldly objects, and hence they toil day and night seeking those objects, taking that to be the sole goal of their life. This indeed is ignorance, otherwise called Maya. The happiness acquired by seeking and amassing worldly objects and enjoying them through the five senses is very trivial and transient. Hence, the goal shown to us by Sri Ramana Bhagavan is to avoid being one who thus enjoys only such trivial happiness, and instead to become one who relishes in perfect happiness. The Path The path to attain this goal 
Bhagavan has charted out two paths, namely, one, self-investigation, atma-vichara, that is, knowing oneself, one's real nature through the investigation, who am I, and two, self-surrender, atma-samapanam, that is, surrendering ego entirely to God. The former is the path of knowledge, jnana-marga, and the latter is the path of love or devotion, bhakti-marga. Self-investigation When we want to know a thing, we attend to that thing. So, accordingly, if we're going to know ourself, we should attend to ourself, the first person, the awareness I. However, is not all the research we see in the world concerned only with knowing the world and God, which are second and third person objects, instead of knowing oneself, the first person or subject? Man, the knowing entity trying to know the world and God, does not yet correctly know who he truly is. We say, I am a man. This knowledge of ourself is not correct, but only ignorance. How so? We feel, I am a man only because we wrongly think we are the body, our possession. Knowing oneself, through the investigation who am I, the possessor, and thereby distinguishing oneself from the body, is the actual discriminative knowledge. The awareness, I am this body, ahankara or ego, is a false knowledge of oneself. To know oneself as unlimited and undivided, akanda atman, alone, is atmanyana or true self-knowledge. When awareness arises from deep, dreamless sleep, we know ourselves in the form, I am this body. Nevertheless, there is no knowledge of the body and the world in sleep. The pure awareness, I am, alone exists in sleep. In the waking state, the self-awareness rises mixed with an adjunct, upadi, as, I am this body. I am a man. I am so-and-so. This is ego, ahankara, the sense of individuality, jiva bodha. This is bondage. This is the first thought. Only to this first thought do other thoughts. The knowledge of second and third persons rise. The more one attends to second and third persons, the more the thoughts will increase. Instead, one should attend to the form of ego, the first person awareness, I am so and so, to know who am I, or what is the nature of my existence. Bhagavan says, If other thoughts rise, without trying to complete them, it is necessary to investigate to whom they have occurred. However many thoughts rise, what does it matter? 
vigilantly as soon as each thought appears. If one investigates to whom it has occurred, it will be clear to me. If one investigates who am I, by vigilantly attending to oneself, the me to whom everything else appears, the mind will return to its birthplace, namely oneself, the source from which it arose. And since one thereby refrains from attending to it, the thought that had risen will also cease. When one practices and practices in this manner, for the mind, the power to stand firmly established in its birthplace increases. Only by the investigation, who am I, will the mind cease, subside or disappear forever. For the mind to cease, settle, subside, yield, be subdued, be still or disappear. Except vicharana, self-investigation, there are no other adequate means. If made to subside by other means, such as breath control, pranayama, meditation upon a form of God, murti dhyana, or repetition of sacred words, mantra japa, the mind, remaining for a while as if it had ceased, will again rise up, sprout, emerge, or start. As long as vishaya vasanas, inclinations to experience things other than oneself, exist within the mind, so long is the investigation who am I necessary. Even though vishaya vasanas rise as thoughts or phenomena, they will all be destroyed when svarupa dhyana, self-attentiveness, contemplation on one's own real nature, increases and increases in depth and intensity. If one clings fast to uninterrupted svarupa smarana, self-remembrance, until one obtains svarupa, one's own real nature, that alone is sufficient. Even if one continues thinking, I, I, it will take and leave one in that place. The name Atmavichara refers only to the practice of always keeping the mind in or on Atma, oneself. By investigating who is oneself who is in bondage, knowing one's Yathartha Svarupa, actual own nature, alone is Mukti, liberation. Refer to the treatise Nana, Who Am I? The I thought, Ahamriti, which started to scrutinize, what is this first person awareness I, will destroy all other thoughts and, like the stick used for stirring the funeral pyre, will itself finally be destroyed. That is, from the mixed awareness, I am so-and-so, which is the root of all thoughts. Only the adjunct awareness, so-and-so, will slip away, since its existence is false, and oneself, the awareness I am, which is the real awareness of one's existence, alone will remain shining. This state in which we thus shine by our own light, freed from the adjunct of individuality, Jivopadi, is extolled in different religions by various names such as Jivanmukti, Moksha, Parinirvana, the Supreme Abode, Paramapadam, or the Kingdom of God. This state of the destruction of ego, 
the form of the individual awareness, Jiva Bodha Rupa, is itself the state of immortality. Let us now see how this rooting out of ego also takes place through self-surrender, the path of devotion, Bhakti Marga. Self-surrender Self-surrender should be understood to mean surrendering, or more accurately, restoring, the ego to God. In truth, self-investigation and self-surrender are not different paths but the same, both in the result, the annihilation of ego, and in practice. The path of self-surrender or devotion is meant for those who believe in God. When this I, or individual soul, and the world are genuinely God's possessions, claiming the body as I and mine is a great sin of stealing what belongs to God. If one surrenders to God this attachment to the body, Deahabhimana, one will attain the state of egolessness. This state, devoid of I-ness, ahankara, and mindness, mamakara, is a real state of oneself. Though, on superficial observation, it may appear as if there is a difference between the practice of self-investigation and that of self-surrender, namely that an aspirant practicing self-investigation attends to their self while a devotee practicing self-surrender attends to God. It will be apparent to one who truly engages in practice, sadhana, that both are the same, not only in their result, namely to be established in oneself through the destruction of ego, but also in practice. How? A devotee who has begun the sadhana of surrendering himself to God should after that refrain from again seizing the body either as I or mine. If he again takes the body as I or mine, he is committing the sin of data apaharam, taking back what has already been offered to God. Therefore, avoiding taking back what has been offered is the correct method of practicing self-surrender. Now, how does he do this? To prevent the false first person, the awareness, I am this body, from rising again, does he not try to remain with very vigilant attention fixed on the rising of that first person? Thus, the same self-attention which is going on in an investigator, Atmavichari, is also going on in a true devotee, Bhakta. Moreover, if one wants to surrender oneself to God, it is first necessary to know the I to be surrendered. Unless one knows who this I is, how is one to surrender it? If a soldier does not know what the word gun means, when he is asked to surrender his gun, he will surrender only his pen. This is precisely what happens in the case of many aspirants on the path of devotion. 
though they know that they should surrender to God. They do not know how to do so, because they have no precise knowledge of who they are, and what exactly they are to surrender. Since they do not know what the I is, which is to be surrendered, they can only surrender whatever they take as mine. Since they do not know the nature of themselves, the possessor, they can do nothing more than surrender their possessions. Therefore, if their surrender is to become complete, they must try at least little by little to investigate and find out who they are, for then only will they be able to surrender themselves entirely. Since the nature of ego, the individual self, which is to be surrendered, is such that it will subside and disappear when it is attended to, being found to be truly non-existent, the self-investigation done by an earnest devotee will automatically result in self-surrender. Refer to Maharshi's Gospel, first part, fourth chapter, last paragraph. Being Atma Nishtaparan, one who is firmly fixed as oneself, giving not even the slightest room to the rising of any chintana thought, except atma chintana, thought of oneself, self-contemplation or self-attentiveness, alone is giving oneself to God. Thus says Bhagavan in Nam Ah, who am I? Even a devotee seeking God outside himself is only second-person attention. Since God shines as the reality of the first person, attending to the first person alone is the correct God attention and the right path of devotion. <laughs>